Bell and that it is such an honor. My name is Andrew, and I'll be. Here. I don't really need to. No, sorry. <laughs> oh. Such an honor. Confirmed. It was not. Welcome back to Alternate Wind Condition. This is episode 18. Holy shit, we're nearly at 20. I mean, yeah, we like lost three episodes, but that's not the point. Lost three episodes, took a bunch of breaks, but yeah, we're, we're almost there. <laughs> we're almost there. I am Janelle, if this is your first time listening. That just talking was Will. I'm saying, as we get closer to Shadows of Innistrad, I want to do kind of a uh, Lonely Island, Dick in the Box parody, but for Thing in the Ice. But is the Thing in the Ice? Let's <laughs> not. Let's just spare the world. Alright, probably better off. I can't get anything past that, so that's yeah. probably a better idea, so. So, uh, I guess we'll call this sound news, because it's more sound quality than anything else. I am once again house-sitting the animals. Two dogs. The cats are not in the office this time, but I have the bird, who I, I'm not sure if you guys can hear the bird, because I couldn't hear it on the playback. But if you're hearing the bird, she's back there. She's excited because I'm talking. And... Three days ago, we gave birth to baby hedgehogs. So, oh. mommy is with her little squeaky babies. And I mean, they squeak. So, yeah. Like, those are the noises you might be hearing. Oh, and um, my male hedgehog has decided to become an escape artist. So, if I swear and suddenly lunge and knock something off, it's because he tried to escape while I was watching. So. Right. So all the animals are there, just, yeah, just... No, the snake is yeah. not in the office. Uh, oh, the snake is not there. <laughs> snake is not in the office. I, I, actually, I guess that's probably a good idea with baby hedgehogs to not have the snake in the uh, in Well, the, the snake is in a cage. It's not like he can get out of his cage. Okay, yeah. Because like... if he got out of the cage, the cats would eat him. That's true. Yeah, so who would be quicker, the cats to the snake or the snake to the hedgehogs? Oh, the cats to the snake. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then if I'm waiting for it, because if I don't fix whatever is wrong with it, we can't figure out how he's getting out of this fucking cage. But if I don't fix whatever it is, he's going to get eaten by the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> All my animals trying to kill each other. Okay. Now to magic. We're going to talk about what we did in the magic this week. Magic the Gathering, get the cards, play the game. Hope to win, but as we all know, it's not about winning. Draft. Reminder. Creepy. Legacy. Modern. Standard. Self. Table flip. This week in magic starts now. So, Will, what have you been up to? Uh, well, mostly a lot of PPTQs. Um, as I, I I went to another PPTQ last weekend, and uh, I don't know, I, I can't remember the last time I O3 dropped a event, but I did. It was like, uh, this is, yeah. So, I, unfortunately, I think my time with Esper Dragons, at least until after Shadows of Ranistrad comes mm -hmm. out, will probably be on hold for a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, because I'll just use this last little bit of time to kind of play around with some ideas that I've been having personally. Uh, one of them in particular is uh, Grixis Dragons. Okay. So, the, my Grixis Dragons version, instead of playing four Dragon Lord Ojitai, is going to be playing, tried out uh, four 
um, Thunderbreak regions. Which, as much as uh, Reflector Mage is going around right now, that would be like, okay, yeah, you can bounce my, you can bounce it, but you're gonna still be taking three damage off of it, uh, one way or the other. So okay. it, it seems it seems like it's okay right now. Um, my FNM last night, the first kind of trial run with the deck did not go as well as I hoped, but I think that was actually more of a deck building error on my part more than the deck just playing badly. Mm-hmm. Because the deck by turn, let's see, by turn four, it wants to have the ability to play double red, double blue, which are the two main colors, and it should be the two main colors, because that's your Slumgar Scorn and Thunderbreak Regent. As well as I had uh, Grasp of Darkness, which is double black. And that's that's where my issue ran into. <laughs> was, is your like, mana base? It's my mana base, yeah. It's like my mana base just cannot support doing tri- three triple black spells that all cost less than four. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't know. It makes sense. <laughs> so, so I think what I'm going to do instead is uh, take out the Grasp of Darkness and put in Draconic Roar, which deals three damage to the creature, and then if I reveal a dragon or control a dragon, it also deals three damage to the face as well. So, I think that's going to be my kind of next iteration that I want to try with the deck is to try to do that. But it runs uh, Koligon's Commands, it runs your Selengard Scorn, your Dig Through Time, your uh, Painful Truce, uh, One Crux of Fate. So so everything. Basically everything. A little bit of everything, yep. And of course Jace. Jace is in there. Jace has always got to be in there. So I can't believe he's uh, back up to 100 bucks. Oh, he's about to get much worse. <laughs> oh, seriously? But probably. I, I bought a pack of Origin last night just because there might be a Jace in there. I mean, I got a Nissa. It's not bad, but it's not a Jace. It's not a Jace, no. It's like, no, with with what's coming in, Shadows Over Innistrad, Jace is going to be, yeah, Jace is probably about to go insane. Like, so, what are you talking about? Uh, madness in particular. Ah. Um, and so, because... Madness just, Jace just allows you to discard the card. He's like, oh, by the way, as I'm discarding it, I'll pay the Madness cost and bring it back or deal bolt to you, your face or whatever. So, you know. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, it, it's, it's bad now. It's about to get worse, I think. But um, the other thing I may try out before, I, uh, unfortunately, I don't think I can do this much longer, so, which is kind of the reason I'm trying to steer away from doing it. Mm-hmm. But Jeskai Dragons, um, which still would run the Ojitais, but would only run the Thunderbrick regions and not run the Cylindars. So that's another option I've been thinking about. But we're about to get out. We're about to get out of uh, Kind of Tarkir and Fate Report. So I don't really want to go with those three color things like that anymore because I'm not 100 percent certain our man is going to support it. Oh, okay. So I kind of want to hold off on that until I see what happens with the land and stuff like that. So I'm with you. Uh, I understand. Beyond that, drafting uh, some modern. I uh, keep working on my modern uh, control deck, uh, Jeskai control combo deck, whatever. So, and it's 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 doing all right. I think I just need more practice with it more than anything else. Kind of get the idea of what hands are good, what hands are bad, stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, that's that's about all that I've been up to. So, uh, Janelle, what you been up to? I'm honestly not much of anything. I've been fussing a little bit with my Goblin EDH deck. I need a Blood Moon so bad. I really like my go- my Goblin deck because it's the only creature deck I've ever played in EDH that can keep up with a combo deck. Uh-huh. Because, well, what are you going to do when I've got 600 creatures? Yeah, no, you can't. With haste, and you can't do anything on my turn. 
Yeah. It's like, yeah. When you're that fast out of the gate, it's just like... Yeah. And I mean, it's a little difficult because everybody's always killing my Granko. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I understand. You need to kill my Cranko. I forgive you. I've mostly okay. just been fussing with that. Cause well, it, it Blood Moon's too expensive. Because um, I'm imagining most of your goblins are relatively cheap, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, in terms of mana cost, not cost cost. But uh, as I, uh, you can try a Winter Orb. What's Winter Orb? Uh, Winter Orb, I think, is a artifact. I think it's two or three mana, but it says during your untap step, you only get to untap one land turn. But in your case, where you're playing goblins, mm-hmm. you can get away with just untapping one mana per turn. Um, two. Mm-hmm. Uh, two artifact players can't untap more than one land during their untap steps. So, it's, it's an idea, especially if you're running some like mana rocks or uh, something like that. Very I, I, interesting. Yep. And I think it's a lot cheaper than uh, uh, Blood Moon. Like Blood Moon, I think, is like 40 bucks. Uh, Blood Moon is about 45 bucks, yeah. And that's why I don't have one, and I really need one. I think I still want the Blood Moon, but maybe I can find a place for both. Yeah, it's like... Because I just need to shut other people down. It's just, don't fuck with my shit, and then I'll be okay. Well, actually, okay, Winter Orb. Well, Winter Orb is cheap, but you gotta find the right version of it, and, like, Star City's all sold out of the, uh, 3rd edition, 4th edition, 5th edition ones. Well... They're, like, 6 bucks, so... You can't really blame them. I mean, everybody wants them. Yeah, so. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep fussing with it because I just haven't had the time to go to Friday Night Magic. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we so. got the the boyfriend's kid. He's in a lot of trouble. He's been lying to us for two months. So, oh. got to deal with him. Can't go to Magic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. It was like... Yeah, speaking of speaking of one other thing with uh, Friday Night Magic, um, I've actually been having to go to two different stores in my area because one store decided to make their FM modern. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, I like modern, but modern is a thing, like, I like to play it, like, you know, once, maybe twice a week at most. I don't really want to do it, especially for Friday Night Magic, I don't want to do modern for Friday Night Magic. Because mm-hmm. most people are going to be playing standard anyway, that's what I would want to play, so... Um, I mean, I'm sure when Modern PPTQ season comes back around, I probably will flip back to so I can play Modern twice a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, where we're still sort of in standard season, I just kind of want to be like, all right, well, I at least want to get some practice in my standard deck every week. So it's like, but but yeah, so but yeah, now I definitely understand uh, kid issues. Yeah, you know. yeah, it happens. Shit happens. So yep. it's not a big deal. Uh, so, that's it for me. I guess we're gonna go right into the show. Yep. It's faster than normal. So, first, well, actually, the entire time. No, no, I lied. First, we're gonna get into... God, I'm not very good at this. Alright, let's delete all that. I'll start over. So, that's what I've been doing this week. We're gonna get right into... The trailer for Shadows Over Innistrad. If you're on YouTube, you're going to get the whole video. If you're listening with non-visual, you're going to listen to Jace talk to us for a little while.
Some strange force is working on this world. Twisting it into a bent reflection of itself. I've traveled the roads of Innistrad. Searching for the meaning of this change. But all I find are more questions. Curses grow stronger. Monstrous thirsts cannot be sated. And the living are once again haunted by the dead. The source of this evil must be found before its dark presence consumes the world. Consumes me. Strange clues. A trail of dark magic. A tangled web of insanity. But the knots are unraveling. Those who once protected the world now fly on blood-stained wings. They've led me here, to this consecrated ground, to this, this madness. So yeah, some crazy shit going on on Innistrad. Um, Is a... it really not? Uh, what's the? I thought it was going to be a Eldrazi doing all this shit. It's not. Well, it it might be the uh, the Eldrazi. That's probably going to come in the second half if it's going to be anywhere in Eldritch Moon. But there's something definitely affecting. There's something that's actually affecting the angels on Innistrad. At least three of the four of them, I think. Um, that are, uh, that's actually affecting their, they're supposed to be the protectors of Innistrad, and something, something has warped them, and especially Avacyn, something has warped them and made them go batshit insane, essentially, to where now they're destroying the people they're supposed to be protecting. Mm-hmm. Um, from the stories that I've been reading this week, there seems to be some sort of, almost like a buzzing or a thing going on in her head. That's making her do all this stuff. Oh. And so it still might be related to... It's definitely related somehow with the moon, Nahiri, and maybe possibly Emrakul. Maybe. But at the very least, I think we know that, you know, something is making Avacyn go crazy. Now, this is going deep lore here. The only reason I know this, I've heard other people talk about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, was is actually not a... I guess, pure angel in necessity anyway, because <clears throat> Avacyn was created by Sorn to help protect Innistrad. Mm-hmm. So, something, and it would make sense that Nahiri, because she's wanting to get revenge on uh, Sorn from what we've seen so far, from the cards and stuff like that, she wants to get revenge on Sorn. So what better way to get revenge on Sorn by turning his own creation against him? That's true. Yeah. Is like, and so that's where some of this is happening, and that's why I think Avicen and the other angels are going a little crazy right now. So, um, but we don't know the whole story. We don't know the whole thing. Like, how is she? How is Nahiri making the angels go crazy? And that's that could be, you know, her trying to draw Enrakul to Innistrad to make the angels go crazy, or it could be something else. I've heard theories all the way going from Nicol Bolas to <laughs> uh, Merit Lage. Um, and Merit Lage is from an old token 
uh, Dark Depths that's played in Legacy. And so, and that's a 2020 Indestructible. So, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm lost, I'll be honest. It's like, I, I'm, I'm as much on this mystery as everybody else is right now. It's like, there are cards that make me... There are some cards that in the new set that they've revealed that really make me think this is Enrical related, but it's not necessarily true. Okay. So, but, and uh, I had one thing to our notes because I forgot we haven't recorded since they released uh, the fact that there's going to be a new Planeswalker in Shadows Over Innistrad. Right, and, yeah, yeah, the new Planeswalker. Yep, and it's like, and it's, uh, her name is Arlen Cord, um, and she is a human slash werewolf. Yep, I'm um, super excited. I am super excited for this one too. Well, I'm super excited for a few reasons. Uh, one, it's not. This is the first Planeswalker that I think we've seen that is not a, like a young, a younger Planeswalker. This is more of a older woman who was trying to keep her werewolfness under control. She couldn't control it anymore, and after killing off the people that she was trying to work with, essentially. She ended up planeswalking to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Then she tried to change in her werewolf form, but she found out she couldn't change back to her human form there, so she had to go back to Innistrad to change back to her human form. <laughs> so, it's like, so that makes me think, one, this is going to be a flip planeswalker. Not not the same, like, as in the uh, 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 Magic Origins, like Jace and Nyssa and Chandra and all those. Mm-hmm. This is going to be more like uh, Garuk Relentless from the first Innistrad. That it starts off as a Planeswalker on side, one side, and it's still a Planeswalker on the other side, but it'll probably be a wolf or a werewolf uh, on the other side. Mm-hmm. So, and we already know that she's getting a card in, in Shadows Over Innistrad. The other one that, thanks to Louis Scott Vargas, who's sort of already told us, um, he's doing uh, a new Soren as well. So we know we have a new Soren. We have a the new one, Arlen Cord. And my assumption is we'll have one more in this set. And the new one will, the last one will probably be Jace. I, uh, I mean, it, it, there needs to be a Jace in this set just based on, you know, the story we just saw. He's fucking yeah. in the whole story. Yeah. And like, with his silly brown coat. Yep. Yeah. Is like and so and the, well the other reason why there needs to be a Jace in this set is because um, uh, Magic Origins Jace will rotate out with. Uh, oh, who fucking cares? We don't need a standard <laughs> Jace. That's not like a requirement to play standard to have no, a Jace. No, but I mean they they they've sort of shown they want the five main planeswalkers to be the focus of the story going forward. So that uh, means in standard there has to be a Jace. <laughs> I, I mean, technically, they could wait till the block afterwards, and there would still always be a Jason standard, but they don't have to. So, however, um, the main thing that we wanted to get to was kind of what they did this past weekend, um, or actually, I guess yeah, it was last weekend. Now, at the time we're recording this, um, they basically did a whole big blowout for Shadows Over Innistrad to kick it off, including there were three uh, modern GPs, which. This is much we're going to talk about it. Eldrazi dominated the modern meta game again, winning two of the three. Who's surprised? But, nobody. Nobody. All right. So, but kind of going aside with that, and I think partially also to take their mind, people's minds off the fact that they messed up with uh, modern with the uh, with the cheap plane with the cheap Eldrazi, is they gave 
what they what were basically escape rooms. Now, I've never done an escape room myself, but I've heard people talk about them. And essentially, from what I understand, they basically like lock you into kind of a room with, say, like five or six other people. And the room is basically a puzzle. And you have 15 minutes to solve it. And usually, the, the when you solve it, you'll get out of the room, essentially. Right. Okay. Yeah. We're talking about the locked-in thing. Yeah, the locked-in thing. Yeah. And there was a different one for each one of them. Uh, I think uh, Melbourne, Australia was the first one. And they had uh, Jeroff's uh, Laboratory. Mm-hmm. Um, which Jeroff, uh, Stitcher Jeroff, one of the original characters from uh, Innistrad. Um, uh, Bologna had... Uh, GP Bologna had Markov Manor. And Detroit had, uh, I'm assuming, what is Avicen's Cathedral. Or the Church of Avicen, I, I don't know. But it was a cathedral. It was a church, essentially. So. Mm-hmm. so, and each one had different solutions. Now, a lot of things, one of the things that people were talking about, I kind of want to just bring this up for a quick point of discussion, is, because this is actually really cool what they did. And they gave something that people who, even not necessarily playing in the main event, something to do. So it's sort of like they're trying to make these GPs more into, like, conventions more than just a magic tournament. Which I think is going to bring a lot more people. It makes everything much more interesting than you just sit there for fucking eight hours. Yep. And like, like, it actually makes me interested to go to one. Yep. And see, that's kind of the question that I was talking to somebody on Twitter about this week. I wish I could attribute to who it was. I'm sorry. But um, because they, they were also talking about the increasing price to play in the main event in the Grand Prix because these things are getting so big. Mm-hmm. Should Wizards, if they if they plan to do stuff like this on a regular basis like escape rooms and like other activities besides the main event, should they start charging admission for coming into the Grand Prix like a $10 hmm. fee? If you got to do it for free and everything else. You know, that's a good... Ooh, that's a rough question. I would like, say kind of... It's an admission, right? And then you show an up and you get access to everything inside the convention. Yep. And then... Oh, no, I don't think so. I think maybe if they charge like five bucks to get in, but how many events do you want to do? They're all free? Yeah, so you get a certain number of tickets towards events? Is that what you pay for in entrance? Well, well, and then well, no, you well, no, buy I mean, extra? Well, no, if, if you're playing inside events... That's that's, that's what separate. I'm saying. Is they are inside? Well, you have access to everything, or you don't have access to everything. It's like yeah, no. I think well, you would have, and that's where I came down. Is like you know, even if if you with the say like you did a ten dollar one day pass, and it gave you one free uh, eight player side event, something like that, like a draft or a uh, um a draft or a constructed tournament. An eight-player side event, not the main tournament, but they gave you one thing for that, and then on top of that, you still got to do these escape rooms or whatever else Watsy wanted to throw in there for you know people not playing in the main event to do. I I, I think they could, and if they, if they start moving these grand prix to being more of a magic convention that happens you know every week to every other week, that would be amazing. And they're trying to do that. I mean, they bring in artists. Uh, well-known artists so people can get their cards signed. They have the side events. They have vendors to buy magic cards and everything else. And they're, I think they're trying to really move towards this thing. They're starting to have uh, cosplayers show up at every event now. 
mm-hmm. um, including uh, Christine Sprinkle, who uh, uh, did an amazing job with Avison. Um, I'm sure there's a picture somewhere in the uh, Gathering Magic uh, article about that. But, um, but I think if we're gonna if we're gonna start doing all these things for Grand Prix, that this would be an excellent opportunity to one to kind of help deviate a little bit of the cost from the main event because like they're charging like seventy dollars to play in, in a constructed main event now. Yeah. Like, like that's ridiculous. That price is way too much for uh, a constructed tournament. But if you could alleviate some of that cost by say charging a five or a ten dollar entrance fee to every person who comes in, and they get access to all these other awesome things, then I don't see where the I don't see a problem there. But as I I can see where that would turn some people away. I think, but I, I don't think it would be as much as you know, especially when they're doing stuff like escape rooms. Like, That's true. Like, that does cost quite a bit of money. Yeah. And they had to decide three of them each with their own unique, you know, unique solutions, unique uh, puzzles, unique environment, essentially. That does inside. cost quite a bit of money. So, I say, I, if they're going to do stuff like this more regularly. Now, if it's just going to be like, go to the event, you have your vendors, you can play in some side events, stuff like that, then no, I wouldn't want to charge a... a regular entrance fee but if they're going to go all out with these things like or like for example like grand prix vegas last year they could have easily charged you know five ten dollars entrance fee for you know people not playing in the main event yeah and see that's the thing is people who play in the main event will not have to pay this they i mean their their fee will be counted counted in the overall price but if you're just going there for side events or for these type things then yeah i mean we're not charged just a little bit I think that's. I think they they lose if they don't, and they lose if they do. Because I think yeah. that's going to irritate people who go a lot, and yeah. especially people whose only purpose is going for the event itself, for the yeah. card game. They're like, I don't give a shit about any of the rest of this. Not well, see, my yeah. problem. Well, see, the best thing is, that, I mean, they'll still pay the same entrance fee for or the main event fee essentially. So, well, right, but oh, so they're not paying more. I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm just saying the people who are not there for to play in the main event, just charge them an uh, entrance fee. Basically, I, I I would be for it. I think is like just if, if you're not playing in the main event, then you know if you're just coming to just either hang out or if they're if they're going to try to build this convention vibe with Grand Prix, then I say yes. It would make everything much more interesting. Yeah. It would, yeah. And they would be able to do more stuff like this. I think if they knew they were getting uh, fees from admissions, that, you know, they would be doing stuff like this all the time. Maybe. Or maybe they'd just take advantage of it. Maybe. As I, I mean, it's possible. I, I, I think Watsy would do a little bit better than that. But, you know. One would hope, but... I mean, and there's certain things. Like, all right, if there's a kid, I don't think a kid should be charged. Like, you know, I would say 12 and under. No charge. So, you know, I mean, it would be ridiculous to charge a kid to come in. But, you know, it's like, you know, 12 or older can probably play in some of the tournaments, some of the matches, you know, stuff like that. I say why not. It's like, it's, it's not the worst thing in the world, so. We'll see what they do, I guess. It. Yeah. But anyway, of course, the exciting thing about each of these escape rooms is each one had spoilers. 
Yes, uh, that was the important part. Yes. And uh, basically, I wanted to start right off at the top, going back to Avacyn. Well, we're not going to show everything that was shown, but yeah, we're going to show... No, there were a bunch of cards shown. No, we're not showing everything. We're just, I just picked out a few that I think are kind of the more interesting ones more than anything else. So, um, and that leads off with Archangel Avacyn, yes. which is uh, three white, white, flash flying vigilance. When it enters the battlefield, creatures you control, uh, all creatures you control, gain indestructible until end of turn, counting herself. Yep. So that's that's kind of awesome in and of itself. This would be like, are right, your opponents attacking? You say you have two things already on the field. I'm like, okay, all right, I'll flash in Avacyn, and all my creatures are indestructible, and block. Then it says, uh, when a non-angel creature you control dies, transform Archangel Avacyn at the beginning of the next upkeep. Now, not immediately, at the beginning of the next upkeep. And it says, and that turns her into Avacyn the Purifier, which is flying. She loses vigilance, in this case. But it says, when this creature transforms into Avacyn the Purifier, it deals three damage to each other creature and each opponent. It's a board wipe. She turns, she flips, yes. into, a, she flips into a board wipe. It's like, I'm just like, okay, that's just amazing. Like, and it's even better if for some reason, if you had a way that you could sack a creature in, at the end of your turn to make her flip on the next turn so that she doesn't even stay that way that long. I don't know quite how I feel about this card because I want it to see play and I don't think it's going to see a lot of play. Oh, I, th I think this is going to see a lot of play. I think this mm. is going to be... I don't this, know. Th th this would be a control player's dream. Oh, no, I meant beyond control. I'm sorry. I meant uh, more than one deck. A lot yeah. of play. I meant every deck. You know, like Siege Rhino. And I think Avassin should just be a card that goes in every deck. And I don't know if this Avassin is. Uh, yeah, I don't know if every deck is. like. I, I mean, I would think... Well, see, here's the thing that, like, Siege Rider is going away. Mantis Rider is going away. Stuff like that. So, it's like, I, I don't know. See, this is the first time in a while that I can pretty safely say... I mean, I know there's going to be a Dragon's deck. And I know there's going to be a, a Collected Company deck. Mm -hmm. But those are the only two decks right now that I can say are going to be definitive decks... Uh, come, you know, Shadows of Innistrad. Because those two don't lose a whole lot from what their current things are. True. So, uh, I know Esper Dragons would probably love at least one Archangel Avacyn because then Dragon Lord uh, Ojitai can swing mm -hmm. and then you can, uh, if they try to kill it, you can drop it, protect it, and still get the trigger from Ojitai as well to deal damage or to draw, uh, draw a card. So it's like, now on top of that, you flip it into the other form and it becomes a board wipe for, I guess the aggro decks and everything else so is like, I, I think if you're playing white, I think the indication is going to be to try to put this in your deck. Plus it's flash. So you don't even have to tap out for it, which is like awesome. It is like, you can leave your mana up. If they do something that warrants a bigger answer first, you can do that, and then end of turn, flash it in, or next turn, flash it in, or something like that. So, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Or if wipe your board, you're all like, boom. Yeah. It's like, nope, I have Amazon. Sorry, you're not wiping anything today. So, um, and someone did bring up, 
yes, since it's technically two sides, I saw this on on uh, Mythic Spoiler. Since it's technically two sides, it has two different names. The legend rule means that once you, once you flip the other one over with the trigger for deal three damage to each other creature on the stack, you can flash in another Archangel Avacyn to protect all of them. Again. That's true. So, and it doesn't. You don't have. There's no legend rule. You don't have to get rid of one or the other. So. Um. So yeah. So I I think this is gonna be a very interesting card. I think it's something that I. I will. It will see play. I know control decks will definitely want to play it. I also think any deck that can play white and has the ability to, you know, flash this in reliably, reliably will want to play it. It's like, yeah, that, the double that's white is true. not that big. I mean, except maybe the exception of aggro decks is like I, aggro decks. I don't think are going to want this, but beyond that, I think a lot of the other decks will. So, we'll see. Okay. Uh, so let's see. The next one I had on my list is Aberrant Researcher, and the only reason I'm bringing this card up, well, for two reasons. One, I I fucking called this one. I called I called my shot two episodes ago on this one. I think, um, because I said Aberrant. I think I said Aberrant Researcher is going to be the uh, successor to Delver of Secrets. Uh, yes. Yep, and I was even more right than even I knew I was at the time. It was like. Because this is not only the next Delver of Secrets, it's actually the continuation of the Delver of Secrets story, which is amazing. Um, the original Delver of Secrets was one blue mana. It says, at the beginning of your upkeep, uh, look at the top card of your library. If it's instant or sorcery, uh, you may reveal it and turn Delver of Secrets into insectile aberration. Now, Aberrant Researcher picks up the story at three and a blue. It says, flying starts off as a 3-2 flyer, the same as Insectile or Aberration side of Delver of Secrets. Um, it says, at the beginning of your upkeep, put the top card of your library into your graveyard, and if it's an instant or sorcery card, transform Aberrant Researcher into Perfected Form, which is a 5-4 flyer. Now, don't get me wrong. This is not going to see any play anywhere but limited. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. There were three in a blue... I mean, we already have three blue... 3-2 Flyers in Cloud Manta, they don't see play in Standard. So, this is not going to see play in any format. Don't don't get don't get me wrong on this. But it's just kind of cool that this is the continuation and the conclusion, I would assume, of the Delver of Secrets storyline, essentially. And it's basically all in two cards. Okay, so, uh, the next card, I think, was Relentless Dead? Yes. Alright, so, this is a very interesting card, I think. Um, I have black cards for two! Yay! Yay, black cards for two, yep. Black cards for two with menace, no less. So, <laughs> but here, here, here. There's a couple. The other two abilities I think I'm more excited about. Uh, one is uh, when Relentless Dead dies, you may pay black. If you do, return it to its owner's hand. Yep. Then also, when Relentless Dead dies, you may pay X. And if you do, return another target zombie creature card with converted mana cost X from your graveyard to the battlefield. Oh my god, you have no idea how badly I want this to mean we're gonna get zombie decks again. <laughs> I think we're gonna I think we're definitely gonna get zombie decks again. Um there's uh, uh I know there's a card in Origins that people are already talking about, Risen Executioner. Um Okay. Uh Sidisi Undead Vizier, which is not going anywhere from Dragons of Tarkir, is a zombie. Um uh, let's see other other zombies. Uh, the other thing is also this plays really well with itself. So say like you play this one on turn two, they kill it. You don't have the of course you don't have the black to play, pay it. 
let's say the next turn you play another one. Uh-huh. And then you get to untap with that one. Then they decide to kill it. You can play black to return that one to your hand. And then play two mana of any color or colorless. Mm-hmm. And return the one that died the first time back to the battlefield. <laughs> so these play well with each other as well, on top of everything else. Yeah. And I think the Risen Executioner, if I remember correctly, from Magic Origins says all zombie creatures get uh, uh, plus one, plus one, or plus two, plus two. Plus one, other zombie creatures you control get plus one, plus one. And you may cast Resident Executioner from your graveyard if you pay one more to cast it for each other creature card in your graveyard. So, so yeah, this is this is just a... a I think we're going to see a... We're definitely going to see a... Uh, a, uh, a zombie deck in standard again. I, I hope so. I miss zombies. Yeah, I miss theme decks. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see this happening, so... Uh, let's see. Uh, the next card I want uh, I, that I thought was really cool from the uh, GP weekend is Declaration in Stone. Now, this is, there's a couple of cool things about this. One, uh, this show I mentioned how I thought Nahiri was upset with Soren. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the no shit. <laughs> this is the no shit. Is she mad with Soren? Because she basically went to Markov Manor and just destroyed shit. I mean, everything. You see, you see zombies sticking out of the stone. That and remember, she she does lithomancy, so she works with stone. I mean, she was the original Stoneforge Mystic originally. Right. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so she's very skilled with stone. So, uh, it's one in a white, as exile target creature. Now that alone, I think, would be enough to see play. In, in standard by itself, just, I mean, we're not getting past the exile back. We know that's not happening. But one in a white, and I would prefer to be an instant, but sorcery is fine. But it says exile target creature and all other creatures that the controller controls with the same name as that creature. Now, there is a catch. Um, that player investigates for each non token creature exiled this way. Now, um, they don't explain what investigate does here, but there are other cards that explain investigate. And investigate means that you put a token onto the battlefield that is a called a clue token, mm-hmm. and you pay two mana, and you can sacrifice that artifact, or sacrifice the clue token, to draw a card. So you're potentially giving your opponent the ability to draw a few cards, but at the same time, you pretty much can wipe their board, too. And if, heaven help them if they have just, like, goblin tokens, because then you get to kill them all for free, essentially. because And they get nothing out of it. So... Yeah, I was like, this is a card that I could see getting some play again. Maybe a control deck. It, it, uh, the more I think about it, sorcery, I think, might be the thing that kills this. Yeah, that's the only thing. I think it was a really good card, but it's not as great as the two, three drop, you know, I'm just going to exile your shit cards that came sure. with the last set. Yeah. So it's a good card. It's There's just better cards. I think there is too, yeah. But it's still a very interesting card. And then uh, the last card that I really want to talk about from this past, uh, from the GP weekend, is Brain in a Jar. Because I hear people talking about, like, oh my god, this card is broken. It's Aether Vow for spells. I'm like, I'm sorry, am I just looking at this wrong? Like, all right, first of all, it costs two. That's strike one against it, because Aether Vow only costs one. Then the next ability is one in tap, one mana at tap. 
Put a charge counter on Brain in the Jar, then you may cast an instant or sorcery card with converted mana cost equal to the number of charge counters on Brain in the Jar from your hand without paying its mana cost. So... Cost now, one, play any spell, maybe. Maybe. It is like, yeah, if you have a one in your hand. Mm-hmm. Now, I think Duress is still going to be around, so I mean, that's a possibility. Um... And it appears that you could do this at instant speed, whether it's instant or I was or about to say, what I like about that is it turns a sorcery into an instant, to an instant. spell. Yeah, and that, that's kind of nice. I do like that part of it. But the fact of the matter is, you have to predict ahead of time. Like, you have to make sure your deck has a lot of ones, a lot of twos, a lot of threes spells. And then, I mean, when you get up to four and five, you can start doing that. Whereas with Interval, you put a counter on it at the beginning of your upkeep, and you may do it. You don't have to necessarily do it. This time, every time you activate it, you have to. Yeah. However, to kind of compensate a little bit for that, what they do is uh, three and tap, remove X charge counters from Brain in a Jar, scry X. So say you go up to four counters, but like, oh, I really need to cast a spell with, that's three. So you tap three mana, tap it, uh, remove two counters off of it, and then uh, you get to scry two, then you go to your untap phase, and the next turn you'll put a counter, charge counter on it, and you can cast a spell with three. So, I mean, it's not it's not terrible, but I don't think this is as broken as some people are making it out to be. And at least not until I see it. And it's like, it, it, if someone should, I would love for somebody to show me how this card is going to be broken, but I just don't see it at this point. It's, it, this is not Aether Bile. This is not even close to Aether Bile. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see what people come up with. It could be really entertaining. It could be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I honestly do. I hope someone finds a way to do it. Instant Speed Languish. With this deck or something like that would be amazing. I would love to see it, but it's like, yeah, mm, I don't know. I don't know either. So, okay, so that's pretty much all the ones from the GP weekend. But this past Monday, right after the GP, they decided to give us just a few extra little spoilers. And there's only two really big cards I want to talk about this one uh, with the uh, after the GP. And the first one is the one that everybody's been talking about, and it's uh, Thing in the Ice. Uh, Thing in the Ice is one in a blue. It's a, def- a creature horror, Defender. Thing in the Ice enters the battlefield with four ice counters on it. Now, when you cast an instant or sorcery spell, you remove an ice counter from Thing in the Ice. Then if it has no ice counters on it, transform it. And it transforms into Awaken horror, Awoken Horror. And this is a Kraken Horror this time. And when this creature transforms into Awaken Horror... Return all non-horror creatures to their owner's hands. So you bounce everything. Think uh, same as uh, like crush-up tentacles, essentially. But this is a this is a seven eight. This, you just flip it, and everything goes back to where it was. Cause we like that stuff or something. Yeah, it's like well, I mean, this is this is this is the card that just makes my little control heart just go pitter patter. It's like. So it was like, you know, not only one can I protect it pretty well because I'll be playing blue with counter magic, which will also take counters off of it so that I eventually keep getting, you know, moving towards the Awakened Horror. Yeah. I but, think I think it's a really good card for, I mean, with this and Avassin, you're going to get all sorts of, white-blue is going to be a thing again. And then it with is. the card we're going to discuss in a minute, white-blue-black is going to be a thing. Yeah. It's but like, this is really easy to deal with. Well, yes and no. It's like, and here's the other thing that I love about it. It's converted mana cost is two or less. 
So that means it plays well with Ojitize command. So that means even if it's in the graveyard, I can Ojitize command it back onto the battlefield. That's uh, true. With uh, have four counters again. So it gives another target for Ojitize command, which that's kind of the thing that I'm excited about with it is that I can, you know, if I don't have enough mana to flip it reliably and I know you have a kill spell, I'll discard it to Jace or something with Jace or something like that. And then later on in the game, I'll be like, all right, bring it back. And then, you know, be like, yeah. all right, well, then I will do, you know, I'll take a counter off, take a counter off, take a counter off. Now I'm going to just take the last counter off and, you know, do everything. Now, of course, the thing that people are really talking about is, is this modern and legacy playable? And I think this is, yes. Because you already have Delver Secret decks that run a lot of instants or sorceries. <clears throat> Theoretically, when you untap on turn three, you could easily uh, transform this with things like uh, Gitaxian Probe. You're not actually paying any mana for it. Mm -hmm. Serum Visions, Lightning Bolt, you know, Path to Exile. You could easily get to the point where you just be like, and flip. So. I'm not happy. I don't want to see control come back. I, it irritates me. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, I, I, oh I, think it's, I think it's coming back, and especially with the last one, too, which the more I look at the last one that we have, this is the one that really excites me a lot as well, is Elusive Tormentor. Now, it's two black black for a vampire wizard, a 4-4. Mm -hmm. It has one discarded card, Transform Elusive Tormentor. Then it transforms into, and I don't know how a vampire wizard changes into a mist. Well, I guess it's possible. Insidious mist. Um, it becomes a creature elemental, a zero one, but is hexproof and indestructible. And it says insidious mist can't block and can't be blocked. And when insidious mist attacks and must and isn't blocked, which of course it will always attack and not be blocked because, well. The line above says it cannot be blocked. Mm -hmm. um, you may pay two and a black. If you do, transform it back into Elusive Tormentor. This is another one that is a very much of a control deck card, but it also plays well with Madness as well, which is pretty cool. Is you know you can cast this with a one mana up, and they try to kill it. You discard a card, change it into Hexproof Indestructible. Or the other thing, and this is actually you know this is what you brought up was you can block with uh, Elusive Tormentor. You can block even something bigger than Elusive Tormentor. Uh, activate it, discard a card, transform it, and then the block still occurs because it's indestructible. So you, it doesn't actually kill it at all, mm -hmm. essentially. So... I don't know. I don't like this card. It makes me angry. I hope I don't see it. I, I, think, this one you'll see, I think this is another one where people will try to play this one, and I think it will be... Uh, better than expected. It's like, I don't know. If, I think I want to play with Thing in the Ice before I want to play with Elusive Tormentor. But that's also because I want to play with Avacyn. And I think uh, Blue-White would be better than White-Black. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so yeah. So that's part of the reason why. But, um, yeah, no. I, I think this is a very... So far, I, we're only 55 cards out of, into a 297-card set. And I'm I'm stoked for this set. I I cannot wait. It's like, I mean, on top of the on top of the fact that we still lose Siege Rhino and everything else, you know, Siege Rhino, Mantis Rider, Crackling Doom, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Then we get we get all these other cool new cards, and it looks like one of those like there's gonna be a lot of graveyard madness type things, which are pretty cool in and of itself. 
But then um, we have some really good just control cards so far. Cards that I, I think will be excellent in a control deck. And so, yeah, like what we were going to talk about next, the Elusive Tormentor. Oh, that's the one that we just talked about. Did, how did I miss that? Yeah, that's what I was talking about. The, the one that transforms into a Hexproof Indestructible. Well, yeah, but we didn't actually talk. We didn't tell people that should cost. Yeah, did. I said two black black for I a vampire wizard. It. That's embarrassing. <laughs> it's like I know. I I know. I flew through this. We're with. I swear of... to God, I thought we were still talking about thing in the ice. No, you can't transform back thing in the ice. You can't flip it back. <laughs> Which is why I was saying, like the next one we were going to talk about, because you said that, and I was like, ah. All right, whatever. That's a fuck up. I'm sorry. I apologize. Anyways, yes, blue, black, white, because of these three fucking cards are going to make a deck somehow. Yeah, and so, and Avison. Let's not forget Avison, but. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, because of these three yeah. fucking cards. Yeah. So, yeah, this is this is a control deck's dream come true, I think. It's like. <clears throat> is that I think this is just. We're gonna see a new age in control decks, I think, coming forward, and this is this is what excites me. Is like I want to try basically all these and different things. I want to try and make combination with Ojitai. I want to combine them with you know uh, Dragon Lord Silumgar. I just want to be like everything, like just. That's all I got to say. I don't like control decks. I don't. But you know what? I mean, in fact, matters. There's some like, good stuff already. I mean, we already know about uh, Mind Wreck Demon from the uh, Blessed Versus Curse. So, I mean, that's a four or five flyer for four. You know, there's some there's some pretty powerful cards coming. Even if you're not a fan of, uh, even if you're not a fan of uh, control decks, there's still some really good cards coming. I mean, we have a good burn card in uh, the Madness Lightning Bolt now. You know, that's true. So I actually think this is gonna. I think this is gonna shake. This whole set's gonna shake up standard in a big, big way. I still think, without knowing all the cards in the format yet, I still think dragons will probably be the best deck going into it, with knowing nothing else before people start brewing. But, um, because Siege Rider's gone, Mantis Rider's gone, you know, all those things are gone. So. That's why I, I think Dragons will be the best deck starting out, but it definitely won't be the best deck by the end, I don't think. It's like once people start brewing and everything else with these cards and seeing how they play, I'm certain, you know, we'll see some other kind of decks roll out of this. I hope so, because I don't... I know I'm bitching, but I hate... Okay, the one thing I hate about Magic is I don't want to go to time. Mm. I don't want to go to time. I just don't want to go to time. <laughs> And control decks always go to time. And so not always. It's like I mean, that's the I've one thing I like about. I've never played a match against a control deck and have it not go to time. This thing is is like um, that's well, see that's why I like dragons as a control deck is because you know you can only get hit with a dragon so many times before you're dead. You know. Always go to time. I don't. I mean, I got answers in my deck. You play your dragon. I'm gonna fucking deal with it. Then you're gonna do something and bring it back. Then I'm gonna deal with it again. And then we're gonna be trying to finish this game. And what the fuck? Why is this one match taking a half hour? I have fucking hate this game. 
Yeah, it's like I mean, I mean, as like I, I probably play it a little quicker than most people probably should play a deck. Um, so, I, but I don't think I ever run into actual time issues. I mean, me, as like I maybe go to time maybe once every fifteen matches or something like that, and uh, st- we still finish before time is up. So, I mean. It's like it's it's more of a rarity, I think. And it also depends a lot upon what the other deck is playing as well. Because if the other deck's playing like an aggro deck, we either he's going to win quick or I'm going to shut him out quickly. <laughs> and there's no there's no in between. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. But anyway, so but official spoilers start on Monday the fourteenth. And so I can't wait to see kind of what other things are going to be coming. Uh, I can't believe we have, we have two checklist cards worth of uh, of uh, transform cards this time. We have the full one that we saw before, which is the common and uncommon one, and then there's one that's just for rare and mythics. So yeah, I don't know how I feel about that really, but we'll see. It's like I mean, everybody loves Innistrad. I did not get to play the original Innistrad. Um, that was actually right before, I think I came in at Magic 2014, I think. Mm-hmm. So, the Innistrad block was just finishing, no, sorry, uh, no, sorry, the Innistrad block was about to rotate out, because Return to Ravnica just finished. Um, and we're about to go Magic 2015, or 2014, into Theros. Yeah, that sounds right. Okay. So, but yeah. Um. So I didn't get to play the original uh, original Innistrad, so I'm I'm sort of excited to kind of get into it. Get into it, yeah. It's like because yeah, everybody says like Innistrad is the best draft set or draft uh, format of all time, and I'm like, I, I've never gotten to draft a set, so I don't know. Like, <laughs> so I, I think I drafted it, but I don't remember it being like amazing. So. It's like, yeah, so it, it'll be interesting. I mean, I've done, like, I've done Chaos Drafts, and I've gotten a pack of Innistrad, but that doesn't tell you anything about the set itself. It just says, oh, here, let's just throw all these things that don't belong together into a draft and see what happens. Basically, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but it'll be interesting to see. It's like, I, I, I'm definitely excited for the next set. I'm, I'm excited for rotation. I'm excited to get rid of some stuff. And, I mean, even, like, yes, Siege Rider needs to go away, but... I mean, I'm sort of excited to kind of get rid of Dig Through Time and, and Treasure Cruise and kind of see what we have in terms of card draw going forward. It's like, you know... Because <clears throat> you can play Painful Truths, but I think you can only play a certain amount of Painful Truths. All I gotta say, all I gotta say, is no more Siege Rhino. No more Siege Rhino. Bye, no Siege Rhino. No more Siege Rhino. Go away, Siege Rhino. You're not welcome here <laughs> anymore. Go to, go to Modern where you belong. Well, actually, you don't belong there either, but... Yeah, just get the fuck out. Just get banned. Ban Hammer! You know what cards that are rotating out that I feel terrible about? Hmm. Uh, Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time? Because they can't be played in Modern or Legacy. <laughs> there's, yep. only one, there's only one format where they can be played ever again. Yep. That's a Best thing. vintage. So, like, okay, well, alright. Well, hope y'all enjoyed Josh run because it's basically done now. So, no one's going to play with you ever, ever again. So. Well, we'll see. Maybe uh, they'll unban it. 
Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I, don't I, 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 I remember the Treasure Cruise time. It's like, there's no way they're unbanning that card. <laughs> well, people can hope. People can hope. It could happen. It could happen, but... I was like, can you imagine if Treasure Cruise and uh, Thing in the Ice were legal and modern at the exact same time? <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. That would be bad. Be. That would be really, really... One mana, draw three cards to find the other two spells I need, to, the other three spells I need to flip it. Like, no, no. No, uh -huh. no, that just makes people angry. Yeah. Really, no. really angry. Yeah, so, no, that's what I'm saying. It's like, neither one of those spells are coming back anytime soon. So. Sorry, guys. Sorry. So, well, I think that's all we have for this week, right? I think it is, yes. And I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure if we really went under, because I had to get up a couple times during that. Yeah, it's like, well, we'll figure out on time frame. I mean, uh, this will is, is be a short episode, because, I mean, in the weeks to come, we'll have more to talk about the other spoilers that are coming and everything else, too, so... I'm sure we'll have longer episodes to make up for. <laughs> we'll see. We shall see. You will stay tuned and you will listen to us again next week because yes. this is actually mind control. Shh, yes. don't tell people. I mean, tell everybody. Tell everybody. Tell yes. everybody about it. Yes. All right, so we're on Twitter if you want to check us out there. I am Janelle5, J-A-N-A-E-L-L-E, and the number five. The show is AWC Podcast. Very simple. Very simple. Yep. Will's also on Twitter. His is pretty easy to remember. Is Force of Will MTG. Uh, you can find the show email at awcpodcast at gmail.com. Our website is awcpodcast.com. I'll be honest, I have not been streaming as much this past week, partially because I've been a little under the weather uh, with nasal sinus issues. Um, so hopefully this next week I'll get back to streaming a little bit more uh, Magic Online. And if I keep killing it in a different game, you might see me playing some of that game, too. <laughs> so yeah. head uh, we, over there to the we, Twitch we, we channel. Uh, rather, head over to the website. Yeah. Or, again, awcpodcast.com. And you can watch his Twitch streams there when they're right. live. Yes, absolutely. Now, if you want to get into the chat room, you'll probably have to click through. But you can at least watch it yeah. live while it's there, so... And support us on whatever listening device you are watching right now. If you're listening on YouTube, you know, comment. If you're listening on Stitcher, thumbs up, etc., etc. Whatever the fuck you're doing, you understand how your devices work. Yeah. We need you to share the show. We need the show to get out there, get into all the ears, so we can mind control an army. I mean, so yes. we can uh, do good yes. or something. We, we, we will not abuse these powers. Yeah. <laughs> Like, we will not. <laughs> All right, guys. Wink. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. to whip somebody's ass. Oh, I'm about to whip somebody's ass. Oh, if you don't leave me alone, you're gonna have to send me home. Cause I'm about to whip somebody's ass. And then I get home and the computer won't start up. And I can't figure out why the fucking computer won't start up.
And you're not going to believe this. I shit you not. The hedgehog did it. The hedgehog did it? The hedgehog did it. How did the hedgehog do it? The hedgehog is escaping. He is a little escape artist. And he is climbing out of his cage and running around my office. Oh. And the last time he got out, he stepped on the power switch and turned it off. (laughs) (sighs) Like, legit, the hedgehog did it. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's the thing in my house.